God, I'm begging, please, again, I need you. Lord, I need you. Good morning. And welcome. We are the Lake Norman Catholic Guys. Yes, God, I need you. Broadcast from beautiful Lake Norman, North Carolina. With your hosts, Paul Bartman and Sal Marino. So um, this podcast, um, I think we've decided to go back to kind of some of the basics. Yep. Um, our Catholic basics. Dot deep, uh, dive deep into the sacraments. And um, Sal and I are starting to prepare for our next um, curriculum season uh, with our uh, rising seventh graders. And so uh, we're preparing them for the sacrament of confirmation, which they will receive next year. So we're working out the curriculum. And we thought a great podcast to cover uh, with our listeners would be the uh, the Sacrament of Confirmation. Yep. What exactly does that mean? What's entailed? Um, what do you do during this whole process? Right. And it, and we're going back to basics. So as part of our learning process, um, Sal and I are like, well, we need to figure out what it is so that we can convey that message to our students. Yep. So and they can go out in the world and profess the faith of Jesus Christ and have an understanding of what they've received and the gifts they've received during the, the gift of confirmation. Right. So uh, confirmation is the initi an, an initiation it's sacrament. The completion of the uh, last of initiation rites. So uh, when we first were presented to the church, we were presented during our baptism. And that's where, obviously, our parents brought us to the church, um, and they basically... Uh, uh, bathed us in the water of Christ and started us on our dirt, uh, Catholic journey. Right, with our godparents and then promised to renounce Satan yep. and to believe in God and in the church in our behalf and kind of began the whole process for us um, yep. with the grace of God and kind of, you know, had us join the community of the church. Yep. And now, now we come to this point in our lives or the the children come to their point uh, of the lives where now they they are the people who uh, acknowledge or make the um, promise to finish their their sacrament of initiation. So the the five effects of confirmation. So what are the what as a cate catechist um, we want to go over the five effects of confirmation. Yep. So first, it it brings you closer to Christ. It unites us more firmly with Jesus Christ. Um, number two is we're a child of God. It roots us more deeply. Um, remember, as baptism, we are children of God. We're, we're introduced as a, a child of God. Third, it gives us the Spirit. It increases the gifts of the Holy Spirit within us. Um, and then number four, um, we are fully Catholic. We render our bond with the church. So we've our parents started it, and as a uh, an adult, we make that conscious effort 
to complete that and that become part on. of the, that journey as part our beginning of our journey um, as a Catholic. And the final effect of confirmation is to defend the faith. It gives us a special strength of the Holy Spirit to spread and defend the faith by word and action as true witnesses of Christ, to confess the name of the Christ, Christ boldly and never to be ashamed of the cross. You are a true soldier of Christ. And we're evangelists. Yep. We're evangelists of Christ um, to, to spread the word. Yep. And, and this, I think, is, is probably the most important because the, the one of the hardest things, it, it reminds me of a statement, um, uh, one of the old rockers, I mean, hardcore rocker, Alice Cooper. Uh, he was asked one time uh, in his life, what's the hardest or most difficult thing for you in your life? And his answer or his response was to be a Christian. And when you, when you hear someone like that say that, it truly is one right. of the most difficult journeys you will actually ever go on because you are faced with objections throughout your entire lives. Especially in this day and age with social yeah, media and some of the comments and the posts yep. um, can be pretty brutal and harsh yep. and holding and, that line. And your children are facing that. They are going to be faced with a lot of objections to their faith. And, and with this sacrament, with those gifts, they need to have the confidence to be able to go out in the world and defend Christ where, where need be. Right. So, and Paul, it, so uh, that brings us to the next point. When when do we take confirmation? What, what's Is there a, a can you do it at any time, a five-year-old, seven-year-old, nine-year-old? I've always heard that you have to be in your adulthood, and I think part of that is just because you have to be at that age where you acknowledge and you're aware of your Catholic faith and you can start um, evangelizing and defending the faith. Yep. And I think at different parts of, you know, I'm sure people are at different parts of their lives can fulfill that sacrament, yep. right? Yep. So there's some people who there'll be kids that we're going to be teaching now that truly are not ready no, it, uh, um, to, to get it, to, to uh, receive the sacrament in their Going, kind of going through the motions, and it probably won't be until later in their life that it really affects them. And that 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 they'll it'll, they'll dawn on them that why they're doing this and, and what their what the effect of the of confirmation yep. was. Then there's some that are probably younger that and are astute and and are true, uh, you know, soldiers of Christ, and already are on that journey and truly uh, understand what their faith means to to them. But just to get back to the age factor for confirmation, so the church. Um, um, basically states that confirmation is to be formed at the age of reason, which can be as young as 12 years of age. And I know there's a lot of churches uh, that, uh, for instance, we'll, we'll do eighth graders. Uh, I know uh, I have friends that are up in New Jersey. They do it in their sophomore year of high school. So it varies depending on That's which di diocese yep. that, that you attend. So, um, But the main important thing is that you're at the age of, re age of reason. And a lot of these kids are. Um, these kids uh, understand uh, what's before them. They understand the baptismal promises that they're making. So they are truly at the age of reason. Now, the Eucharist uh, uh, for the church, that is lower to seven years old. So just to put that in perspective. Right. So, And they're at the age, they understand what they're doing at that age as well, what, what the Eucharist truly means. And if you think about it, the truly the first... Well, the first confirmation, or the, the Holy Spirit came to the apostles yep. at Pentecost. Yep. So and gave them the fruits. Yep. Um, the twelve fruits. Um, and do you 
want to go over those. Yeah, no, absolutely. Let's go over the so the fruit, uh, the fruits and gifts of the Holy Spirit. So, um, obviously, we believe that uh, during uh, their baptism and strength with the sac sacrament of confirmation, these blessings are what give us our humanity and the strength to resist sin and help others. So the 12 fruits, and this is found in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, number 1832. So we have charity, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, generosity, gentleness, faithfulness, modesty, self-control, and chastity. So important uh, fruits to live by. And now the seven gifts. And I, I always stress upon the kids uh, on how to remember the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I use the acronym, acronym WICPUFF, W-C-K-P-U-F-F. Wisdom, counsel, knowledge, piety, understanding, fear of the Lord, and fortitude. And those, these gifts, if you fully uh, em embrace the 12 gifts and the, uh, the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit, and you live by them, that's going to help you to achieve perfection in your life. And our goal, our sole goal as Catholics, is to try to live the life uh, of a saint. Right. And if you employ, if I say, um, uh, embrace and make these uh, 12 fruits part of your everyday life and you utilize the seven gifts, you are li living that life of perfection. Right. And that's what we all strive to do. And it's, it's the most difficult task that, that we have in our lives. Right. But that's that's where, like I said, uh, the benefits of the uh, gifts mean to you and what you should do with them uh, in your lives. So I know you mentioned Pentecost was the uh, first um, or, uh, or basically the uh, gifts were uh, laid upon the apostles. But if you're looking at the confirmation aspect, where is uh, this sacrament found in Scripture? Where is the first example of uh, confirmation? And this is something that I had to look up to. So the Catholic confirmation can be found in Acts 8, chapter 8, verses 14 through 17. And that's where Peter goes to um, uh, basically uh, lay his hands on the uh, people of Samaria. And when he lays his hands on the people of Samaria, he uh, instills the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So that is the actual true first uh, confirmation uh, after Pentecost. Right, and so by then he was already kind of uh, announced or anointed as the first pope yep. and bishop. So, yeah, so it, it, he went through the sacraments. Yep, so uh, that's that's where the, uh, if, because we get this all the time um, from non-Catholics. It's like, what, your sacraments aren't biblical. No, actually, they are. All, all these sacraments that we practice uh, are biblical and are supported by the acts of the apostles and Jesus, John the Baptist, so forth. So remember that. So remembering your faith, confirmation is a biblical act, both at Pentecost and through uh, Peter in Acts 8, chapter 8, uh, verses 14, 14 through 17. And so um, our students are going to have a couple activities. They're yep. going to be responsible for a couple things they're going to have to do in preparation. Yep. For Checklist of what they need to do. And, um, and, and, and that's what we're... Obviously, this is a great time that uh, so we start the whole process in sixth grade. Now we have the seventh graders, uh, and then obviously next year eighth grade. They will they should be um, basically uh, have a solid foundation of where they are and what they've done to prepare. And the next step uh, that we'll um, put upon them is obviously picking a confirmation name. 
Yeah, so they're going to have to think some, you know, in terms of saints, um, start kind of looking at the different saints that are of that true history. Yep. That um, they can, you should, and they should be using them as a as kind of a role model. Yeah, exactly. For their journey and for their um, their conf- for their their journey uh, with their faith. Yep. Exactly. Um, and you know, if you look at it even now, um, there are some some saints in um, present times. Yep, absolutely. Um, we got Mother Teresa, um, John Paul II. Um, there are a couple teenagers. I, I, I don't, off the top of my head, I don't remember their names, but there are uh, current day saints that they should be looking at also um, as role models. Yeah, absolutely. And that's to elim- you know, to, to kind of set, to use them at, for their own faith. Yeah, and, and that's that's the thing. Obviously, the goal is to pick someone that you admire, you can relate to, and most important, you want to ins- aspire to to be like them. As I just mentioned, with the gifts, uh, the twelve gifts and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, uh, those gifts are designed. If you and uh, like I said, enact them in your lives, you're going to live a life of perfection, and you're on your the path to become a sainthood yourself. Everybody is capable of that. Uh, but it's important, obviously, is to pick a state and make them part of your lives that you can go to and ask for, uh, obviously, intercessions on your behalf. So, it's like I said, it's truly important. It's, it has a lot of impact. Um, on the day, obviously, that you receive the sacrament, the bishop will you, uh, confirm you using your chosen name. So it really is important that you pick something that is meaningful. Do you remember yours? Yes. Mine, mine was uh, Michael. Oh. And so. mine was Anthony. There you go. Yeah. Um, so, and, and the reason why, if you, you know, uh, the history behind it is God changed uh, names of various uh, people throughout the history of the Bible. Yep. Um, and, and throughout and, and throughout the history of the church for special roles. Yep. And, and the most, as Catholics, the most uh, well-known uh, name change that obviously um, depicts our faith is um, when Jesus went to Simon and said, uh, Simon, or he goes to him, Peter, you're the rock on which the foundation of my church shall be built. And that's in Matthew's chapter 16, 17, and 18. So that signified uh, to uh, Simon, the name change signified that you are now the rock. You are the, uh, the rock that will start the Catholic Church. Which is Peter. Yep, the first pope of the Catholic Church. So it's important. So it, there is a significance of that whole name change process. And, and um, Saul, he, you know, we, we just had a, a reading today, the second reading um, from him. He changed his name to Paul. Yep. And he was instrumental also uh, with the spreading of the word of the Lord um, th- throughout the different yep. countries. And as I just mentioned, obviously Peter um, was the first to perform a confirmation with so the people of Samaria. So where can you find what what advice would you tell your the students to find a good confirmation? Okay. That's that's a good question. And there's so many tools available uh for the children to um you know try to find the the saint. Uh there's there's books that are out there, Catholic books on saints, listing all the saints throughout uh Catholic history. And the nice thing about that you really could um obviously um, uh, read through the in-depth amount of saints and see who maybe uh, triggers, you know, or pulls on your heartstring. Do, do they relate to you or do you, do you want to relate to them? 
Um, and in some social media, um, I know, like Instagram has coffee with the saints. Yep. And so every day they post a different saint, and they talk about their life and what they're the patron saint of. Yep. You can and do Google searches. And Google searches you to find all Google that. You can do Google search of uh, Catholic uh, saints for confirmation, and they will uh, list you know hundreds of saints that you can choose from. Right. So the other thing, too, you can look at what hobbies and causes are, you know, near and dear to your heart. Uh, do you play sports? Do you ride? Do you, um, are you a carpenter? Do you like, uh, you know, working uh, with the sick? So what are your hobbies and, and causes? That's right. another thing. And there are saints dedicated to each and every uh, cause that there is uh, basically out there known to us. I, I know Sal and I have to use the patron saint of, technology <laughs> just so that we can set up our class every day and uh we absolutely and we keep her uh in our classroom and thank god our, our technology has been working lately yep. so absolutely um the other thing you have to do they're going to have to do is choose a sponsor yep and um they've got a certain criteria that they have to meet yep absolutely um obviously choosing a sponsor the easiest thing aspect of choosing a sponsor uh would be who are your godparents your godparents should be your first choice on sponsors. Now, perhaps they may not be here with us, um, or maybe they've gone away, you know, uh, uh, from the church. So if that's the case, obviously, then you need to really look at uh, alternates. Who, who is near and dear to me that I could choose to become a sponsor? And there is a, a list of three items uh, that are requirements um, to choose from. First, they must have sufficient maturity to fulfill their function. So obviously, it doesn't. You can't choose anybody younger than yourself. Um, you want to have someone that is mature enough, understands what the sacrament means, and uh, obviously that they're living it. Two, they have to be a membership in the Catholic Church and have received all their sacraments of initiation, baptism, confirmation, and the Eucharist. So remember that they had to have received the uh, sacraments of initiation and then finally um, they have to be um, free from any impediment impediment of law to fulfilling the office of sponsor this means that a sponsor must be in good standing with the church uh, no no public dissent believes in uh, the teachings of uh, other than the, what the church teaches and then uh, is in full communion with the church so three criteria that that you need to utilize for uh, picking a sponsor. With that said, um, obviously you can look at older siblings. Right. I know my kids had, um, uh, you know, some of their cousins, uh, adult cousins that uh, filled in. My youngest one, he uh, had a sister. And going back actually to picking a saint, I told you my saint was Michael, and Connor actually went with Saint Michael as well. Well, so and and the other criteria is and it's maybe a no-brainer. I might be uh, Mr. Obvious here. Uh, but they have to attend the the mass, the yes. sacrament mass. They've got, they have to be in attendance. Um, yeah, good standing. That goes well, to that well, good, good, standing. good standing, and they have to actually attend the mass. Yeah, oh yeah, the conference. Yes, 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 so, yes. So if you have someone out, of, if good you have point. someone out of town, they yes. have to attend. They, yep. they you, and um, because they have to present you. Yep. And um, in situations, and, I know it's happened here. They, there can be fill-ins. If there is a situation where, and it happens, you know, somebody can't make it because of, you know, emergency, so forth, there are uh, situations where we could have a stand-in, and it could be someone in uh, the Faith Formation, a catechist, 
or another member of the uh, parish that's a good Santa. So just keep that in mind. We, um, when COVID was was uh, happening, um, my son uh, did confirmation, and a number of people did not attend. Um, it had uh, elderly yep. or older sponsors, um, godparents, and they just didn't want to take the chance of coming because of COVID. So we spread people out in the church. We limited how many, and we did mobile masses, and then we had proxies. Yep. So they did a proxy, and then we, as you said, a fill-in, um, and presented them uh, in behalf of their sponsors yep. uh, for confirmation. And with that, um, also the with COVID, the bishop did not attend. Yeah, and that's I was just going to say. So COVID definitely changed a lot of the parameters of how we typically do confirmation because of the extenuating cir- circumstances. So we, like, as I mentioned, if God forbid something happens with the uh, sponsor and they can uh, fill in, there are uh, obviously um, uh, situations where we can pivot and obviously make it work. So um, the last point I want to make on the sponsors, um, please understand there uh, there is no um, standard that it has to be the same gender. So if you're obviously a boy or a girl, uh, you don't have to pick. If you're a boy, you don't have to pick just a boy. You can pick a boy, girl, um, and woman. So just just understand that. And then the process um, for confirmation, it's a, it's a, a mass. Yep. And um, the sponsor lays their right hand on your shoulder. Yep. You walk up to the altar, and then the the bishop or priest um, seals you with the chrism. And uh, extends his hands over, obviously, the uh, confirmation candidate. And then... Um, and he says, obviously, um, he says the words, be sealed with the gift of the Holy Spirit. So the confirmation mass itself, so that's that's the main aspect of it. But before that, um, we go through, actually, re- uh, we renew our baptismal vows. So that is the first portion of, of the mass is renewing the baptismal vows. And then presenting, um, which we just discussed, uh, is the second half of the uh, mass. But uh, the bishop, the more importantly, so the bishop uh, wears the red investments. And the reason why he's wearing the red investments goes back to Pentecost. It represents the uh, the red tongues of the fire seen hovering over the heads of the apostles at Pentecost. So just keep that in mind that the confirmation mass is um, a reflection of Pentecost. And um, along with that, the um, people receiving the sacrament normally I've seen wear red robes. Yes. Um, to uh, For the same reason, for the, for the Holy Spirit. Correct. Um, to represent it. Um, as for the sponsor, they should dress appropriately and show reverence. Um, I know uh, some churches have had issues with sponsors dressing inappropriately. So if you are a sponsor, please remember, this is a sacrament. Yep. And it's, you not ju- it's not just coming to mass. It's yeah. not just coming. It's not a um, casual. Event. Yeah, it's not, it's casual not, it's event. not a casual mass. It's not a casual mass. It's not a routine event. This is something very special. This is you receive only seven sacraments, and we may yeah. not even and, receive them all. And, and um, remember, you're going to be in front of the bishop too. So that's another point. So you want to uh, obviously uh, dress your best, right, uh, for the bishop. 
Um, and then also, too, the importance on the um, sponsor. Uh, again, you are an important role in this mass. You are the one who's presenting uh, that confirmation candidate to the bishop. So you're placing your right hand on their right shoulder, uh, presenting them to the bishop to receive this sacrament. So it truly, you truly have a responsibility and a very important and a very important role. Yeah. And and throughout Afterwards. their lives. Exactly. It doesn't it's not a obligation that just stops at the end of that uh, confirmation mass. So um great point. But one thing I want to I'll mention too, um here's a here's a, a good um maybe insider tidbit for um all the confirmation candidates before the mass actually bur- uh, begins. Before you receive the sacrament, pray to the saint whose name uh you're using as a uh, confirmation name. Ask for that saint to help you to make the moral choices and to be your intercessor before God when you call on him or her for assistance. Uh, and then after the sacrament, don't forget about your namesake. Remember to keep to see, uh, seek his or her protection and guidance. So in um, closing, um, the sacrament of confirmation is a way for the Catholic Church to attain full membership for you into the Catholic Church. It's a beautiful sacrament to instill God's grace within you and to strengthen you on your journey to, on your faith. So this isn't the be- end. This no, isn't a graduation. Gra- that this, ends. This, this, this is, is a the continu- beginning. Yes, you are now on the beginning of your tr- uh, your true faith. So Sal and I wanted to touch on this. This is um, a sacrament we we're going to prepare our students with. We want to give uh, our listeners and followers some details behind the sacrament and how important this is and in, in your life's journey as, as a Catholic. And if you've already had the sacrament of confirmation, kind of back to basics for you to understand the sacrament and what it truly means yeah, in your it, life yep, and how and, you should be living it. Right. So once again, thank you for listening. Um, yep. Thank you. I hope you found this informational and inspirational and um, we'll continue the journey of instructing and teaching Uh, for all our our students and listeners. So thank you again and have a good day.